Welcome back to our Preschool All-Stars podcast. I'm your host, Joy Anderson, and tonight we are so excited to talk to Natalie Encarnacion. She is going to talk to us about how she creates after-school programs in her school district and how you can create an after-school program in every school in your district. Oh my gosh, Natalie, welcome. Hey, hi. How are you doing? So good. So I know you've been here and you've shared your story quite a few times, but for those of, of our all-stars and our listeners who don't know you quite yet, go back in time if you could. Before you came into my world, what was your life like? What were you struggling with? Um, well, like so many, I was a full-time government worker. I was working really long days at a very stressful do- uh, job. Um just did not have a lot of time for family. Um, it was just really stressful. And after I had my third daughter, you know, there was one night I came home and I nursed her for 20 minutes and then she had to go to bed. And that was it. I saw her for 20 minutes, one nursing session. And that was it. And that was just the straw for me. I'm like, I need to have more freedom and time with my kids. I barely see them. Um, it was just time for a change. Absolutely. I remember there's many times that I saw my kids for a few minutes in the morning yep. before they went to school. A few minutes. That was it. Yep. Yep. I think a lot of us have been there. Heartbreak. Okay. So <laughs> you came in and did you start your online preschool first, right? I actually started local first, but it was not servicing preschoolers. Um, you came into my world in like February, 2020. Mm-hmm. And then the COVID shutdown happened in March. And I was like, Perfect timing. Cool. I was like, crap, what am I going to do? I was like, do I just put it off? I was yeah. like, no, I'm still opening, even though like we're shut down, it's COVID. I was going to open that September. Yeah. Um, and I stuck with that. So in September, if you remember, a lot of the kids in elementary schools were doing virtual school. Right. So I ended up servicing that population. So I had a handful of uh, lower elementary students that came to my home yeah. for their virtual classes. Nice. Okay. And then that was going so well. Then you opened up or rather expanded into your preschool program that you had locally for a bit, right? And then you did some after school, before school in your home? Yeah. I mean, I had the school agers during the day because school was still closed. It was all virtual. Um, But after a few months of that, I really still wanted to capture the preschool population. But really the only option was online preschool. And I was like, I can't do that. I was like, I "I can't do that. I was like, I can't open up local preschool. Nobody's going to sign up. Like we were shut down. And uh, I was like, my only option is online preschool. And I'm like, I can't do that. I can't be in front of a camera. I can't talk to people. I was like, I'm better in person where people can feel my energy. We can bounce off each other, you know? I was like, that's just not in the cards for me. So I just kept putting it off and putting it off for months. Um, And then finally decided to commit to do it. And it was pretty successful. That's amazing. So you've got hands in everything, your local preschool, your online preschool, the after school, the before school. Okay. But I think most importantly, through the entire thing, as you were, as you were trying out so many different things, you learned what worked for you, what you enjoyed, what felt effortless, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I did. And what's funny is that you set out on one plan. I set out local preschool. That's what I want to do, you know, hands-on with the preschoolers. And sometimes life throws you different plans. And then after, you know, after doing like my preschool plan for a couple of years, I'm like, okay, 
maybe it's time for a shift. And it's like, I, I'm so resistant. I was like, I'm so set on doing my regular preschoolers that I kind of like neglected the opportunity that presented itself with the school age kids. Cause that's a program I've never had to advertise. Like they were coming mm-hmm. to me and I'm like, okay, fine. I'll open again from the after school kids <laughs> I do enjoy them. But I never was trying to grow that because I was dead set on local preschool. Yeah. Um, and then this past year, my enrollment was lower than I wanted. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, why am I pushing for this population so hard when this one just keeps coming to me and it's a great fit. So I'm like, let me get out of my own way and just see what happens if I focus on that population. Yeah. Okay. So then you got involved in your PTA and we have another podcast episode for those who want to like dive deep into like, well, how did she actually start an after-school program in her district at like the beginning stages? Cause you, you volunteered at the PTA and mm-hmm. you started offering these after-school classes in the school um, for craft clubs. And then all of a sudden, like within like hours, days, you had a giant wait list. So walk me back to like, you were doing all these after-school clubs um, that were- In my home. Yeah. yeah school clubs I, I home. stuck with the school agers and yeah. I was doing the after, before and after-school clubs in my home. Yeah. And then, um, you know, anybody who's licensed knows you're limited by um, ratios. Mine is seven right now, which is actually pretty good. Um, but still, I'm like, well, if I want it to produce the income I want, you know, I got to grow because, I mean, you can only have one after school population, right? right. <laughs> you know, it's not like preschool, you have AM yeah. and PM after school or not, right? <laughs> um, so, so, you know, I had been thinking about um, trying to do one at a local school for like a year. But of course, you know, I chickened out. <laughs> Um, And I'm like, you know what, maybe that's something to explore. If I'm going to focus on this population, I'm going to go where this population is. Um, You know, I'm not a huge fan of marketing and I never had to for the after school kids anyway. So I'm like, I don't really want to start now. You know, I just want to focus on having fun and teaching kids. And so my game plan this year is just, I'm going to go where the students already are. Like, I'm not going to reinvent the wheel. I'm like, where are all my kids? They're all at the local elementary school. And I already had like seven that came to my house and they all go to the same elementary school, which my kids go to as well. Right. So I'm like, it's a no brainer. So I'm like, they're already going there. I'm already known there. Um, I know how it works. I'm like, let's just get the ball rolling. I'm like, what could I lose? Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, made a plan. There's one day a week where I usually don't have students in my home. And that's the one day I'm like, this is where I'm going to play with the idea of having a program in the school and just see what happens. Yeah. And so you volunteered at the PTA and they said, Hey, mm-hmm. do you want to do some of these classes at the school? And you said, sure, because they'll, you know, pay for it. You don't have to pay for the marketing. You don't have to pay for the building. Yep. You can have more students um, during mm-hmm. the day. So you don't have to worry about that crazy seven to one ratio. And you started building that program. So you put out the flyers saying to the people in that one school, Hey, who's interested yeah. in an after school program? And then like, how many people, like, was it to take a while yeah. to get results? What happened? It just like exploded. You know, I just, I asked the principal cause I was already kind of connected with the school and I'm like, are you ready to bring back after school programs? Like, what do you want to do? And they're like, Oh, I think it's a good idea. So I'm like, okay. So usually the principal has to approve like your flyers and stuff before like you advertise, but the school pays for all that. So all I had to do was go into the school and Xerox my flyers to give to the teachers to put in like Friday (laughs) folders, whatever your school has Wednesday folders or Friday folders. Um, And they go out on Fridays at my local school. And so I Xerox them, put them in the Friday folders. 
Um, and probably by like schools out at three 30 and by 5 PM, like my phone was going off, like with the <laughs> hub sending me like notifications and, you know, I'm nervous too. You know, it's hard to put yourself out there, but my flyer had nothing about me on it. So I'm like, okay, so if this flops, like nobody's going to know it's me. <laughs> I think I put my logo on it, like as small as I could get it to like get away with like in the corner, <laughs> but it just said after school craft club, steam based yeah. craft club. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm like, it has nothing about me on there. And let me tell you, like my phone was going crazy. Like my battery was dying. It was just notification after notification. And I had to rush and start shutting stuff down (laughs) because (laughs) I was getting too many enrollments. And I still like right now, I'm still teaching it. Still 16, uh, 18 students, which is a little bit large. I'm going smaller the the next session, but Mm -hmm. still over 25 on the wait list, still trying to get in. And that's just at this one school. Right. So yeah, you've got all these kids on the wait list there and the kids who are in it are just having a blast. The parents are like, cool, when's your next one? I'm going to sign up. So you've got all these kids on the wait list and you have this conundrum. Yeah. Like, I have all these people who would pay me if I could clone myself, right? Can't be in mm-hmm. two places at once. Can't be in another school at once. Can't do a robotics club at the same time yeah. I'm doing a STEM club or a craft club. So, mm-hmm. and I remember talking to you and I was like, okay. You need to hire teachers and you were so scared. Walk me through like the background of why you were so scared to hire teachers that could fill your set. Yeah. They could basically replace you. Yeah, they could. I'm still scared. Um, <laughs> I love the idea of it, but it's just really hard to trust other people to like represent like your brand, especially when it's like your local community. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to be embarrassed. I'm like, can they really do what I do? Like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure somebody out there is better, but I'm like, can they duplicate what I've duplicated? Um, can I even find anybody interested? Because the hours are a little bit smaller, um, but the pay is really good, you know? It, it really is a great return on investment, but I'm like, I wasn't sure if I could find people I could trust um, yep. that would be trustworthy and reliable. I'm always afraid that I'm just going to be left with like a hundred students and then I have to teach them all is like the fear. And then I'm back to my government life of just working all day long. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think anybody who opens a preschool has the exact same fear of like, once I hire one teacher, right? And if I'm doing another class, what if they cancel? What if they, uh, I need a sub, right? What if I can't get a sub? Like, but the good news is like, this is what I told you. I said, I remember the first time I had to hire somebody. I said, nobody can teach like me. Like I, everybody loves my face, meaning like (laughs) that was so like egotistical. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not what I meant. (laughs) Everybody likes seeing you. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I get what you're saying. (laughs) Everybody knows my face is the word I was trying to say. Um, And they love me because I'm me and like, nobody can Mm -hmm. teach like me. And I remember trying the first hire that I did. I said, you need, this is how you do a puppet show and you do it like this and you teach like this. And I was trying to train her to teach like me. And she left after like, like two months. Um, that did not work. Then I brought in another teacher, Miss Malia. Love her. She's the best teacher I've ever had because she taught me so much. And she was like trying to like teach like me. And eventually she came to me and said, Joy, would it be okay if I changed this and made it my way? Like, I feel like I could still do a really good job. Would that be okay? And I was like, by that time, I totally trust her. I was like, yeah, go for it. Mm-hmm. Ended up, she was way better than me in her own way, right? Yeah. So 
yes, there's that component of like, can we trust them? But the cool thing is, is that there's really good people out there in this world and you're not a unicorn. When somebody can do only that one task, so you're managing the director, the owner, the teacher roles, all of these roles. And when you give somebody just the teacher role, holy cow, they can do it amazing. So now you have this opportunity where you could grow your program, your after-school program, because you could go into every school. You could mm-hmm. even offer multiple classes. One here is an arts And because we got more kids, we could go into a robotics classroom or we could do, you know, just have more people there because you got more uh, staff. Mm -hmm. So when you finally took that, you finally crossed the bridge and you're like, okay, I'm going to start hiring. Like walk us through that process. Um, I mean, it's, it's kind of scary. So I wanted to, I didn't want to just post on my Facebook. Um, I was like, I'm going to a job site. So I went to Indeed. I used the hiring system. Uh, for your hiring system, Joy, I pulled that out, read everything, made sure I was ready um, and posted on Indeed for free, the free employer, you know, site, and then immediately started getting leads and scheduling virtual interviews. Um, Once people kind of, you know, I felt like they were a good fit after interviewing with them, I would have them come out to my craft class on Thursdays uh, to put them kind of like a working interview. And I paid them for that, like an assistance, you know, amount for that. But, um, that's kind of where I am right now. I have them come in. I want to see how they're teaching, interacting with the kids. Um, it is very hard not to want to coach them to do things the way I do. (laughs) Um, so I'm, I'm working on that and just trying to step back and letting them kind of get their own feel. Um, so that's where we are. So I have three people lined up. The next set of classes start in March. So now I just want them to get experience, um, seeing my curriculum, what I'm doing. Um, so they come out and help me with my class. Um, they're getting to know each other. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Yeah. And then I'll start scheduling out. So I opened registration today for my current students. Yeah. Uh, they have two days to register before I open up to the wait list. Yes. And then they have two days before I open up to the whole school. Which you uh, know you'll be full. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see. So it'll be three days a week, you know, yeah. with these classes. So hopefully I'll have two teachers helping out with those other classes. My kids are begging me to keep one day a week because they enjoy being my assistants. And that's <laughs> another great thing. I bring my kids with me. they come and work with me. They're there at the school. My three-year-old comes with me and gets to participate. So it's like, you're making money by spending time with your family. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to trade that time. And they love it. They're like, no, keep teaching it. I was like, well, I have a teacher that can teach it. No. (laughs) I'm like, okay. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I was so blown away by what Natalie has put together. I mean, Yes, taking principles of what we teach, obviously, how to create a business, how to attract your your dream customers, you know, how to increase your value in your programs. But she ran with those principles and created her own epic program, how to create an after school program. And I was like, Natalie, will you please teach us how to do this? Because every single one of us that is listening to this episode, every single one of us that is a teacher or that wants to teach and, you know, still be able to spend time with our families, plus um, create that income, right? Like we have an opportunity and it's sitting right there. We have the school, they have the kids and we can do this. We can follow in your footsteps. So I asked Natalie to please put together a roadmap for us. And she graciously said, yes. Um, So Natalie, how can we get the roadmap uh, to be able to continue working with you on helping us to build an after-school program? 
Yes, I am actually working on it right now, finishing up the six steps, six very easy steps that I took. Um, and it really is easier than you think it is. Um, so I'm finishing it up now. Uh, so you can always leave your email. You can email me at natalie at craftykidspreschool.com. Um, and I can get you the link, but eventually I will be giving the link to Joy the next couple of days and you can just <laughs> click it, get that free roadmap and get started. It really is a great opportunity to work. My classes are an hour and a half yeah. and I'm making over $200 a class. So if you, you did one class every day for two to $300 a day, I mean, it's an hour and a half. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just, and you're having fun. I mean, it really is like, I'm happy I found it. <laughs> That's awesome. So I think what we'll do is we're going to go ahead and put the link in the show notes or the description. So wherever this audio or video is living, go ahead and just click into the description or the show notes and you'll find the link to be able to get your roadmap there because it of course will be ready by the time we post this episode. Well, Natalie, super proud of you. You're an amazing friend and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Joy.